Coming up inside the green room, the team is rolling. I have more Greg Popovich stories, and Philly legend coach Dawn Staley gives advice on what we should do with our all-star teammate, and so much more. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. You can find us every week on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. And obviously, you could also find us on NBC Sports Philadelphia for select episodes. On today's episode, Philadelphia legend, NCAA champion, Olympic gold medal head coach, Dawn Staley joins us on the show. She talks about her journey, and you know she chimed in on Ben Simmons. But first, we got to get to the Philadelphia 76ers. Danny, you guys are playing well. Yes, there was that loss to the Washington Wizards. Uh, but for the most part, that win against the Miami Heat, very impressive against Dude. the Boston Celtics. And you guys are doing this uh, with guys in and out. You're in and out right now. What is the overall vibe with the team, especially as you go into the trading deadline? It's been good, man. I said to, to win eight out of the last 10 games, um, it's pretty amazing, especially some big ones, Boston, Miami, um, you know, end of a road trip, um, an afternoon game in Washington was a tough one. I said with bodies out, I think we kind of spoiled ourselves with winning that one in Miami with low bodies. But with me and Matisse being out, it's very tough. You know, we got Tyrese at Garden, Bradley Beal. Um, we got guys out of position and, and guarding positions or people that they're not normally used to guarding. So, um, you know, it's a tough loss. Obviously, we, we shot the ball, you know, rough. It didn't go well, but even if we did play better, I think as a group that game, we didn't play as well as we could have together. Um, I still think, you know, they played well enough and that we just didn't have our legs and make enough shots to, to win that game. But overall, the morale is great. Everybody's positive. Everybody's enjoying it. Everybody's um, understanding their role and understanding, you know, guys are in and out and they're just excited to see still at this point of how good we'll look or be when everybody's healthy. And we have not yet to have that yet. You know, Shake is still out the lineup, Matisse now, myself. Um, so we're trying to figure out, you know, hopefully within a week without any COVID cases that everybody's back healthy and gives us a little glimpse of what the team could be before All-Star. We get at least, you know, a couple of weeks um, before the break to see what we can do. And hopefully everybody comes back healthy after the break. So, and that's the most important thing is being healthy and after the break, building a rhythm. I want to talk to you about the KD injury and how that could impact your, your team's race to get into the number one seed. But you did mention uh, trying to get healthy, trying to get consistent as a team. Uh, I know you had an interview with a, a Sixers beat reporter before the season started. And I think you said one of the biggest challenges that you're going to have this season was not was forcing yourself to not play when you want to and dealing with that. Because last year you played but 70 out of 72. And, you, you, you know, I'm even me, I'm like, bro, you don't need to play those games. But that's not how you feel. That's just and, me, but, man. So how do you deal with it now? Because obviously you, you're, you're dealing with you're dealing with the hip right now. Yeah, um, that's just me. I, I just if I'm healthy to play, I'm going to play. And if I'm even close to it, I, I don't like to miss any games. Um, but, you know, as you're getting older, you got to be smarter. Um, it takes a little bit longer to heal. And I think the hamstring thing was a thing. I think I came back too soon and it became a thing again. So that's why I set out sometimes. And the hip thing now is becoming a thing that I have to kind of just take my time with it and be patient. But um, I think the recent thing that has happened uh, will hopefully help it. I think things will get looser. We're taking the right paths. It's going in the right direction. So once I get back now, I think everything will be in place the way it should be. And the body will be strong and healthy. But, um, you know, they're doing a great job of, you know, mid restrictions, you know, bringing me off the bench, rotating things and seeing how it looks. 
Um, I was trying to keep me, you know, building up after COVID, after injury. COVID obviously hurt me as well, sitting out some games. But um, I think everything had happened for, for the right time and the right reason um, to, you know, keep me kind of stable and not playing too much or too many games and being ready for when we do make a playoff run, you know, that I'm healthy and, you know, refreshed. Yeah, I know it must hurt the competitor in you, but obviously all Sixers fans remember how the playoffs ended last year and the numbers show that you're very much a net positive on the court. So they can have you on the court for the playoffs. That would be nice. With that being said, one Joel Embiid, who is who should be top three, top four MVP candidate, said after a recent game uh, that the team does not feel a sense of urgency in making a move as you guys are somewhat close to potentially getting the number one seed, especially with the injury to KD being out to four to six weeks. Uh, how do you, when you heard those comments, and maybe that was just a vibe internally in the locker room, but how did you feel about hearing those comments and how did the team hear about, feel about those comments, especially with what's looming in the next four weeks with the trade deadline being right there? I think everybody agrees. Everybody's on the, on the same page and the way we're playing, why would they have a sense of urgency to make a move? You know, we're playing at a pretty decent level. Um, with guys still being out, uh, let alone, you know, all-star point guard not playing. So um, I think Joe made a lot of sense. I think guys are, are pretty comfortable in what they're they're doing or what their situation is or being here, get more comfortable and figuring it out on our own. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're very confident in ourselves and that we can do it and make it happen. And we're not really worried about other teams, even though there are injuries. Other teams have injuries and, you know, COVID and things going to be happening and people going to be out. Um, we're just trying to worry about ourselves and take care of business. And, you know, end of the day, we know we're going to end up where we're supposed to be. But if we stay the course and stay on track and, and keep focusing on ourselves and trying to have a sense of urgency of winning games in the regular season um, and not playing down to our competition or whatever, they may be each, you know, any given night in this league, you can lose to anybody. Um, but if we play like we played against those top teams, um, against the same teams that are, you know, below 500, I think we will put ourselves in a really good position in the top three of the East and have a good seating and have some home court advantage, which we need because, you know, fans are even though they're rough they're rough on the other team too you know sometimes you know guys get upset about it but that home court advantage is very important and they, they give us a, a, a extra boost um all around not just you know making it hard and opposing team but helping us you know play to a higher ability and to our potential when we come back we're inside the green room danny might not want to be a coach but he's going to get convinced Philadelphia legend Dawn Staley joins us in the next segment of Inside the Green Room. Be right back. Hey, everybody, this is Lindsay Rhodes. And with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, The NFL Road Show? We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between with guests that go past the low-hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. Back with more Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford on the SiriusXM podcast network on NBC Sports Philadelphia as well. Danny, I'm going to list off some accomplishments here. Okay. This is, this is pretty impressive. Three-time Olympic gold medalist as a player. One gold in the Olympic Games for the first time as a coach this past summer. Six-time WNBA All-Star, two-time Naismith Player of the Year, national championship as a coach. Back in 2017, Dawn Staley joins us, reigning from Philly on 25th and Diamond. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, I'm jealous. I want to play on the Olympic team. I never get the opportunity to. So hopefully when I'm old or the next couple of years, I'll get my opportunity. But that list is amazing, Coach. But congratulations on everything. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. One of the one of the things I want to talk to you about, obviously, we'll talk about your time this summer and, and things that you're doing as a head coach. I know you've also just launched a podcast as well called NetLife. Can you tell us about it, please? Yeah, I mean, a NetLife is is a is a, a journey that I'm gonna take myself on. I I never I, I got actually podcast out like you know when you were when we were tied down to our houses and we couldn't go anywhere and do anything. Everybody started the podcast, and I'm, you know, everybody, you know, tried to get me on, and I did a whole lot of them, and I was like, you know, it's, it's the same old, same old. Like you don't, you're, you're getting the same questions, and I'm just like, well, what are they gonna ask me about, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, the interesting ones I, I did do, but then um, the the opportunity to, to link up with Just Women Sports, I, I just feel like they are treating women sports like it's a real sport because sometimes. We don't get that kind of treatment. And I, I just wanted to kind of part way um, some knowledge as well as bring some guests on that I feel like that can help just spread some good news. Because a lot of times when you find yourself being successful, your journey is what will help other people. And I decided to utilize my journey and the journeys of the guests that I'll have on just to give somebody a nod to say, hey, you're doing the right thing, or hey, here's another way to do it that may help you. PG, you got any tips on podcasting? Oh, so uh, when I started out, <laughs> we started out, it was rough. So, um, so during the pandemic, it was hectic. Uh, it was a podcast out type of time. Everybody was doing lives, podcasts. Um, we, we started in a classroom in the basement, but um, you know, the toughest part for me was asking people to join on. Um, kind of kind of step outside your box a little bit, not be too prideful. Um, but, you know, you try to do some research and due diligence on the person because you want it to be refreshing and not as the same old question. So you try to find something that's different, but fun, lighthearted and not too, you know, you know, deep, but something that they haven't been asked before, something they haven't done before. So we try to you know keep our pod a little fresh by doing those things. And hopefully today we'll give you some questions that you, you haven't been asked before, but I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> One of those things when you have a, a guest on Danny, you also try to find a connective fiber. So Danny has been telling me on and on and on. He's been telling every guest that he doesn't want to be a coach when he's done playing. <laughs> Dawn thought the same thing as she was playing, getting all these awards and putting in the work on the court. She thought she didn't want to coach. Next thing you know, She's coaching national championship teams. Uh, Don, can you take Danny through your journey of not wanting to be a coach and then all of a sudden get in there? Well, and I, I know, I mean, this is my 22nd year coaching and um, I did not want to get in. I don't know why. I mean, I had great relationships with my with my coaches. I had like great relationships with my teammates. Um, I, I just didn't see myself being responsible for like 18 to 22 year olds that you're responsible. Like if something goes down, I'm the first person that people are gonna call. And when I when I got into coaching, I'm like 29, 30 years old. And the players were closer to my age and I was actually younger than their parents. So I, I would say I was frightened of that part of it. I wasn't frightened of the basketball because that's the, that's the easiest part. I was just, frightened that 
you know, I'm a worst case scenario type of thinker. So I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to jump in and then, you know, have something go wrong with one with someone's daughter. And then I just, for me, I just didn't have enough life experiences to want to dive into that until, until I got challenged. And then once I got challenged, that is the very thing that drew me in. Like, I didn't want to be a coach, but when that AD said, and it was um, um, the late great um, Dave O'Brien, he was the AD at Temple. He 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 would go in between a friend who was who was um, on staff at the athletic department at, at Temple. He would ask me. I'm like, no, I, no. They, they they kept asking me, and I was like, no. I'm like, I'm I'm 29 years old. Like I I am basically in the prime of my life and my basketball career and then they kept asking and then the, and then the final four was in philly and i was with the 2000 olympic team so he asked me to come talk to him and i'm just like okay cool he asked me two questions that really resonated with me one was can you lead and i'm just like this guy asked i mean this guy got me here in his office like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm usually the captain. I'm a point guard. So, you know, I have some type of leadership skills. I'm, I'm 29, 30 years old. So, and I've only played basketball and I've only been in a team setting. So I thought that was, you know, I, I think he used that to just kind of pull me in. And then he asked me, can you turn Temple's women's basketball team around? Whoa, I never, I wasn't expecting that. And that I took as a challenge. And from there, you know, I didn't, I didn't sign on the dotted line, but he had me, he had me thinking at that point. And then, you know, two weeks later, I took the job and it's really, it's really my second skin. It's what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. Um, yeah, Doc keeps telling me the same. He goes, I know you're going to coach because you keep saying you never coach. Yep. I just don't see my mind changing much because I don't, I believe I can handle some of those things. The question is, do I want to? And I've seen so many egos. I've seen the said so many things go wrong in college. And I don't know if I want to be able to be responsible for that when I'm done. I think I think it's too stressful for me. I feel like coaching might be more stressful than playing. So for me, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go in that that realm or that atmosphere when I'm done playing. I'd rather do like something else a little lighthearted on the sidelines. But I know I'm capable. I know I could do it. Um, it's just. I don't know if I want to deal with the egos or being responsible for some of the people that I've been around or people like myself, be able to try to coach them, you know, get them in line. So it's a tough situation, but I said, I do love the game. Um, I do see myself as pretty, pretty good at it. Cause even when I'm sideline now and not playing, you guys come to me, ask me what they see, what's going on, and actually listen, respond to me, um, which is, you know, a cool side of it, but dealing, dealing with that on a day to day is, is rough. <laughs> I, I tip my hats off to you coaches because I don't know if I, I can do it. So, so Dawn, during the off seasons, I'm usually, I've been with Danny recently and we've kind of talked about contract structures, things that are out there in the market. Danny, you said you didn't want to be a coach, but Dawn is signed to a seven year, $22 million contract, highest paid black coach in the country. I'm just saying, if it makes money, it makes sense. <laughs> you know, congratulations folks, once again. Um, and you know, if you get those type of offers, <laughs> it's, it's hard to say no, especially if you're, if you're good at it and you're very confident in yourself. Um, so yeah, I, I shouldn't say never, but you know, if there's, if that's the, the, 
that opportunity that offers on the table, the coach, you know, great situation, a great group of young kids that are eager to learn and actually respect me. Uh, that's the thing that I, I don't want to have to fight for my respect or fight for my locker room or, or you know, fight for my, my players' egos. And then, of course, some one player might not like you, you get fired. You have a great year and get fired the next year in our league. You know, such an unstable thing. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. But I said those those deals that are out there now, it's great, amazing deals. I'm happy. Dawn, uh, Becky, you know, I just saw her. I said, you know, she was my coach. So it's great to see, you know, everybody, especially on the women's side, flourish the way they are. You know, Danny, Danny it hasn't been framed the right way for you. Once it's framed the right way, you'll you'll get it. I mean, every, now you, when 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 you talk about it, it's always like no no no. Somebody's gonna frame it the right way, and then they're gonna they're gonna suck suck you into it. And once you're in, you're in. Like you're gonna dive, you're gonna dive in, and you're gonna meet some great. Like you're gonna meet some 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 young people who are like you're you're gonna they they want you to pour into them, and you're gonna have some knuckleheads though. But the ones that you have to really want you to pour into them, they supersede all the other crap that comes with it because you you want you want it for them. You want they work hard, they 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 do it for the right reasons. And once you get the majority of them like that on your team, it's it's an easy thing to do. It's for very cool. Sure. And I'm like you, like I'm a worst case scenario type of person. So that's why I look at all the negatives first and see how much that weight that would put on me. Obviously the positives are amazing. So even helping my teammates, helping some of the college kids when I go back. Um, I love that part of it. Uh, but when I look at the negatives in the worst case scenario, I'm like, am I going to be able to handle that? I would like to keep my hair. I don't want it to turn gray, <laughs> you know, so I want to be stress-free, but I, I could see it happen at some point, especially for my kids. I could see me coaching my kids. You know, my younger, you know, in like little league or something like that. That's where I might start out. Um, as I see, you know, Ray Allen's getting into a certain. Everybody's starting to tap into different things, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. When I finally have a kid, Danny, I'm gonna bring my kid to you and be like, "Can you turn my kid into an all star?" And then they're like, "All right." They're like, well, he wants that. to go to North Carolina, <laughs> so we'll start. We'll start there, or South or South Carolina. Maybe we will have to touch on that topic. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here, and if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds, and I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. Don't I brought up your salary not to entice Danny to coach, uh, but I think it's just indicative of the status that you have uh, in the sport of basketball, obviously, particularly in women's basketball. Um, as you grew up in Philly, would you have imagined that you would be able to go this far from playing to coaching and winning at the level that you had to the point where you represent the country? Oh, no. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's weird to say this, but I've, I've never been like a, a goal setter, like never, never, like never, like actually the only two things that I wanted to do, cause I grew up in North Philly and the projects in North Philly. And the only, the only time I seen women play um, on television was in the final four, like the national championship and then in the Olympic games. And as a kid growing up where I grew up, 
that's what I wanted. Like, like that's what I wanted to do. And, and I just, I, I mean, I didn't fast track it. I, it's just, I kept grinding and grinding and grinding and, and I was able to check those things off. And then again, like, someone framed the coaching thing and i'm just like oh wow and i was able to actually was able to do both play in the WNBA and coach at the same time so i i had the best of both worlds and and i i I truly enjoyed it but once i got into coaching coaching led to other like you're you're a competitor it led to other aspirations like once i'm in i'm like okay well i want to win the national championship okay well i want to i want to be an olympic coach okay, well, I want to be Olympic, you know, the Olympic coach. And all of these things come out of you just being around the game and wanting to be the very best at, you know, your your passion and your craft. That that leads me into my next question. Um, You've done so much and accomplished so much on the women's side of things. Do you see yourself ever transitioning over to the men's side in either college or the pros or doing something on the men's side? Um, You know, I never... I never had any inclination to, you know, there's any ounce of me just the one of the coach on the pro level, like really on the pro level, like not, not, not even the WNBA. Um, um, and then not even in the, the NBA. And I will say this until honestly, until like I, I did interview for the Portland trailblazers job. I, I knew I probably wasn't going to get it, but I was like, Hey, let me, let me just see what it's about. Let me, like, I took notes. I, I, because if there's another per- woman that would want to be in that situation, I got all my notes. I'm going to tell them exactly what questions were asked. And um, I mean, but it was intriguing because it, the, the questions they ask really, you don't think about as a college coach, like they have, you guys have access to so much stuff that is, you know, my imagination, not even take me to all the stuff that the resources that you have on the NBA level, like they're big in the analytics and, you know, we, we have a small sample of it, but I think the, the whole league, you know, is based on, you know, where somebody is best shooting a basketball and pushing them off of that position. And, you know, so we, we don't really think about those things on this level. So I, it just opened up just, just more for me as a coach that I can bring to, to, to my position now. Um, I don't think we have enough bodies that could, you know, that can capture all the information, mm-hmm. but it's it's cool just to know one or two things that you can add to help your program and you can help young people, you know, move to uh, move to where they want to go as far as being a professional athlete. Yeah, testing the waters always helps. Um, you know, it's kind of like leaving college, not really leaving college, not hiring an agent, but, you know, seeing what it's like and going back to school and figuring out what Maybe one day you'll you'll transfer over to that side of things, the men's side, but I think it's smart that you stay on the women's side. I think they're a little easier to deal with. That was a lot of, you know, questions that they ask and how you how you deal with like your your superstar player mm-hmm. versus you know, a lot of egos, managing yes. egos a lot of it. So it's tough. Um yeah. <laughs> stay with the women's uh, side and stay with the younger, <laughs> the younger ones. Don, one of the things that Danny and I have talked about uh just when he got traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, it was during this pandemic that we're going through. So he hasn't been able to be out in the city as much as he would like, um, because we're still kind of in it. Uh, But you being from North Philly, 
I wonder if you got one or two things that Danny needs to do. And not, you're from North Philly, so you're not going to give him the tourist stuff. You're not going to tell him to see the Rocky statue. You can give him the real deal. How does he become more acclimated to the city of Philadelphia? And yeah, do you have a favorite cheesesteak spot? I get all types of suggestions. Everybody has their own. I want to know what your spot is. And of course, the things that you said you need to do here. Um, Danny, you got to stay out of North Philly. That's one okay. <laughs> So I've heard that too. Yeah. Right? right? <laughs> but but I'll, I'll tell you this. If you're going to go to a place in North Philly, you should take somebody with you, mm -hmm. right? To the Hank Gather Center. Okay. 25th and Diamond, you know, they love basketball, you know, they love the Sixers, like we're like, we're like Sixers, Eagles, Phillies, that's, that's all of us, like everybody in Philly will love up on you. So that's where I grew up. That's the, that's the, that's the center I grew up playing in. That's the center that I, when uh, we won the national championship, I got a replica national championship trophy and case and it's, it's, that's its home now because we want to just give hope um so so that's cool i mean it's cool to just actually just drive around mm -hmm. north philly don't don't get out you yeah know? <laughs> <laughs> um and then the cheese the cheese steaks i i used to go to um i used to go to larry's that's near okay. st joe's okay. okay i used to go to um it's called pete's I've heard it's on fairmount too. Okay. Don't fair my, I don't know if it's still called Peace. I haven't been, you know, in Philly. In yeah, in a while. And Iskabibbles. Yeah, everybody yeah. mentions Iskabibbles. Yeah. But yeah, I got to yeah. try those three. Appreciate you, Coach. I'll be sure to, to stay safe in North Philly. But the Hank Gather <laughs> Center, I'll be sure to check out where the, the core of the Philly fans are, mm -hmm. uh, the real ones. So we'll, we'll be sure to go show some love over there if we can. Right. For sure. Uh, Dawn, uh, we, we appreciate your time. And for what you've done for the sport of basketball and what you've done for the city of Philly. I think you got one, I, you could do a lot more with your career, but you got one more accomplishment left. Helping bring a WNBA team to the city. Uh, <laughs> yes, so yes I, we I, I, think, Philly. I think Philly is becoming more ready. Like, and I think part of it is the Sixers are doing so much better. Like you, you can't, you can't bring a WNBA team up in there, and and, and the Sixers aren't doing good because, you know, I, I thought that the ownership has done a great job at just engaging the fans. Like we got a home court advantage now. Like we don't, we don't boo anymore. <laughs> we don't boo anymore. Um, so we got a team now. So I think Philly's more and more ready for a WNBA team sooner, sooner than later. You know how that plays out, Don. You're on the board of trustees. You help him, you help make you help make it happen. So you got you got some sway. I can't say anything right now. I can't say anything right now, but it's gonna happen sooner than later. If that does happen, right. I just want you to roll up on Danny and say, hey, can you make a WNBA team a champion in the city of Philly? And that's how he becomes a <laughs> coach. Have me, have me coaching the girls. That might be the start. That might be the start, but yeah, we'll see, man. But yes, the, the process has panned out and the team has grown. The organization has changed everything has, has gotten better but the fans still do get at us from time to time it's just it's just who they are since what they're known to do and they keep us in line but yes the city has has grown the team has gotten better and uh, yeah y'all broke our hearts last, last year broke yeah our hearts were broken yeah. <laughs> mine mine too and i was hoping i can get out there to help but i, I couldn't 
and um, hopefully this year we can bounce back. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. Um, you know, obviously the dread deadline's about a month or a couple weeks away now. So you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, I'd be remiss to not ask you, Don, since you are a Sixers fan, uh, what is your take? Not just what is your take on the Ben Simmons situation? Um, Ben's got to go. <laughs> Ben's got to go. Ben's got to go. I mean, Ben's not happy. If he's not happy, he doesn't feel like you, you got to go. We got to get something for him now. We got to get something big for him. Like, yeah. like, I mean, he's been great. Like, you know, he's a stat filler. Um, but we, we got to get something in return. We do. Which, is, which is tough to do. It's tough to find something that can fill that, that, those shoes. It's tough. It's but tough. a lot of guys have got an opportunity. Tyrese, um, for one, has been having an amazing one. year. Yep. And um, it's been great to all see him flourish and, and, you know, in the second year become who he's become. And he's not many kids can handle that position or what he's being thrown at. But Tyrese is one of those kids who's mentally, you know, tough and strong enough uh, to be able to stay, you know, stable emotionally and take on the criticism and also the load offensively and defensively. Last night, run around guarding Bradley Beal. Not an easy assignment, but he's been doing an amazing job. But yeah, hopefully we'll see what happens by the deadline of what, what may come. And if it doesn't happen, then we'll see if he gets back in the lineup. Don't I think the I think us as basketball fans uh, are very much thankful that you joined us today. Um, and I think the city of Philadelphia has to be ecstatic about how you represented them, uh, not just as a basketball player, but as a person. So we appreciate your time. And for those listening, you better go ahead, subscribe, Danny, what they got to do, subscribe, read, rate, review. subscribe, review. There you go. There you go. So read, rate, subscribe, review to the NetLife podcast. Go ahead, check it out. Dawn, thanks again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hey, everybody, this is Lindsay Rhodes. And with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, the NFL Roadshow. We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between with guests that go past the low-hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. Back with more Inside the Green Room, Danny Green, Harrison Sanford on the SiriusXM Podcast Network, also on NBC Sports Philadelphia. We're going to Go around the league a little bit, Danny, and you know what we do. We try to find out why you were trending over the past week. Found a tweet from a popular Laker account, which I think you blocked uh, at one point during your uh, tenure there. Uh, it reads, yeah, more than likely, it has over tw- had over 20,000 uh, or 25,000 likes, things of that nature. It was a very popular tweet. After watching this Lakers team, there's some things I need to get off my chats, uh, uh, ellipsis, dot, dot, dot. I am sorry, Danny Green. I am <laughs> sorry, KCP. I am sorry, Kuzma. And I am sorry, JaVel McGee. Um, I bring, I'm also bringing that up because we saw this report uh, in earlier this week or today on Tuesday while we're taping this uh, from Sam Amick and The Athletic that Frank Vogel, if the Lakers did not win Monday night against the Utah Jazz could have been fired, likely to be fired. And there's a thought or belief that he could be fired any moment now if they go through another poor stretch. Obviously, we saw the Magic Johnson tweet calling out their effort. There's a lot of things going on in Lakerland. And I must say, it must feel kind of nice to not feel nice, but at least you left there when the go- when the getting was good. 
it's getting kind of t- the turmoil is crazy right now. For sure, I appreciate the, the positive tweets. Usually, the trending is in a negative aspect, but this one was a good one. I appreciate the apology. I accept. Um, but yeah, Coach Vogel, man, I, I liked Coach. He was great, man, and this is one of the reasons why I don't want to coach um, because you know he's been dealt. I wouldn't say a bad hand, but you know, it's a situation to where it's hard to figure out, especially with injuries, COVID. Um, he hasn't had some of his best players in the lineup yet. And he's getting blamed for a lot of things that I don't think are his fault at all. Um, it doesn't make any sense. The poor stretches. I mean, hey, they do what they do is their, their business. They, they make up their mind. They figure out where they want to move to. But I think Frank, Coach Vogel is a great coach. And I think he should be there and stuck there. He's proven that to do so. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just tough figuring it out. So with certain guys, a lot of guys do a lot of the same things there. Um, you know, so it's hard to put them in their strengths or you can't make guys make shots. You can't make guys not turn the ball over. You can't make guys play defense. Um, and those are three major things that you need to win a basketball game. Um, so yeah, that's a tough uh, deal for him. You know, I hope it doesn't happen. But uh, yeah, I appreciate the tweets. It's good to have that. Um, I think there's something else that you asked that I want to touch upon. I can't remember what it was. But, oh, there's uh, a Magic Johnson tweet that kind of spurred spurred it kept kept elevating the element of the chaos in LA, but we don't have to touch on it. You, 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 it's, it's, it's just the entire, it's an entirety of a madhouse, but I think you're a little bit more measured in your evaluation of coach Vogel, but I will say uh, there are some positives about every coach and there's some negatives about every coach. What would you say was the best part of playing for Frank Vogel? And it's fair to say what you thought was the most frustrating part. Um, I, I love Frank, everything about him. He's great from his dad jokes to, you know, his defensive principles. Um, he broke things down greatly and he made it easy for us to communicate and understand what he wanted and, and, you know, what our theories are, what our principle, how we're going to guard certain people. Um, Cause you know, I'm a defensive first type of person. Uh, he made it that way. And he also drew a place for me, which that doesn't ever happen. I mean, he didn't do it a lot, but he, he made sure to, you know, give me a, a player to, uh, to give me a look to see how I was feeling, how things were going. Um, but I do think the one thing was, which is not a bad thing, is that he's, he was too nice, you know, um, you know, trying to figure out rotation minutes, trying to play everybody. But that's not a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? We had a lot of talented guys on our team, which he has now. So he's trying to figure out how to play guys, put them in certain roles, which but I think he's gotten better with. But there's nothing wrong about him, nothing negative about him that I could say that, that I didn't like, other than the fact that, you know, he was trying to, you know, figure it out, play everybody, appease everybody. Uh, keep everybody happy and win at the same time, which he was able to do because we were able to play everybody and still win and do well. Um, but, you know, it's harder for certain guys to get a rhythm that way, but been dealt a bad hand. AD's been out for a lot of it, injured. Uh, Braun was out for a good amount of it. You know, Kendrick Nunn, I don't think I've ever seen him play yet. So, yeah, it's been it's been rough for him. But all around, Frank has been one of the greatest, one of the funnest coaches I've had to play for. All right, Danny, before we get out of here, I want to run through my all-star list. You tell me what you don't like. Well, you're going to like it, but where, tell me where you, you might think differently. My starters in the Eastern Conference, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Guards, Zach Levine, Fred Van Fleet. Forwards, Jimmy Butler, Jared Allen, and I, I, and I couldn't not do this, so I put Jason Tatum. My last two, Trey, no, Drew Holiday and LaMelo Ball. I wanted to put Trey Young, but I just can't. They're not playing well 
Bradley Beal feels crazy not to put there. And Jalen Brown, again, just like Tatum, I guess I had to pick one because there was a forward left. But uh, I was not happy about having to put Tatum. Felt real weird not putting Trey Young in there. But I'm one of those guys who rewards winning. And Jimmy Butler probably hasn't played enough games to really qualify, but he does a lot for them when he does play. So, Agreed. and his PER numbers are really solid. So, and give me your initial thoughts. Uh, my initial thoughts that's a pretty good assessment. Um, that's a great breakdown. I knew Cleveland was going to get somebody. The game's in Cleveland. I was thinking Darius Garland, um, but it's tough. So, the way Freddie's been playing, I agree. Uh, Trey's been playing at a high level, but they're not winning enough. Um, Jimmy said it's sad. Bradley Beal, but he hasn't played enough games, I, I think, which is tough um, not to put him in there. Um, but all around, I, I, I think you're correct on that. I, I just don't – I can see Trey making it over LaMelo um, just because, it's, you know, it's only second year. And you always get a, a snub year before you make it to the All-Star game. Um, honestly, even though I said I love LaMelo's game, I love how Charlotte's been hooping and playing. Um I think for me on that Charlotte team, the person that's been the most consistent and the X factor was Miles Bridges. And it's just hard because by position, it's hard to put him in there. Um, so if I were to invite, vote somebody for Charlotte, even though I, do, I love him and I would vote for him too, but I would vote for Miles before him at that point. Um, I think just position-wise, it's tough to do so. Um, so that's why it's going to be hard for Melo, especially with Trey. But I think Miles could probably sneak in there since Tatum and Bradley Beal or not, that you know they he might be able to get in. Would you put Miles, and maybe we have a combined list, would you put Miles over Tatum? I have to see the records. Um, the, I have to see the amount of games played. But right now, I think, I don't know how many games Tatum has sat out. And I think Miles has missed, I don't think Miles has sat out many games. So I'm a guy that said with winning and games played, I, I, it's hard for me to reward guys that just, you know what I'm saying? And not saying that he sets out for no reason, but to give all-star to guys that played half the time. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one of the reasons why last year Joel didn't get MVP and why, you know, Ben Simmons didn't get defensive player of the year. It's because of some of the games they missed. But if Joel didn't miss a month, I think he would have been our MVP. And I think Ben would have been defensive player of the year if he didn't miss a uh, amount of games as well. Okay, so they both, at this at this recording, they both played over 40 games this year. Okay. Uh, Miles Bridges at 20 points per game, 7.3 seven rebounds, 3.6 assists. Uh, shoot in 48% from the field, 32% from three. Tatum, 25, eight and four, 40% from the field, 32 from three, which is low for him. Mm -hmm. uh, but And as, as it pertains to where they are in the standings, we got Boston Celtics at 23 and 22. Charlotte Hornets at 24 and 20. They were separated by a game and pretty much a game and a half. 10 seed Charlotte, I mean, Celtics, seven seed Charlotte Hornets. Does that change your voting? Are you cool with Tatum? Yeah, uh, I am. But I still want to know, you said they're both over 40, but how many games total, seriously, was just Tatum at 40 and was name at 40? Oh, literally, uh, Miles Bridges at 42 games, Jason Tatum at 41 as of this so recording. So. Yeah, so then, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm comfortable with Tatum being there. Okay, Western Conference All-Stars. This is a little, this one was a little tricky. Uh, my starters guaranteed lock them in Steph Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, the last two starters difficult to pick, but I went with CP three and I'm going with a late adjustment and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert's 
over 15 points, over 15 rebounds, over 70% from the field. They were one in four when he missed games. They are literally a top defensive team because of his presence. For sure. Weird to say, but Rudy Gobert. My other option was putting Draymond Green. So uh, my starters, one more time, Steph Curry, CP3, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Rudy Gobert. My guards, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant. Can't go anywhere else other than that. Mm-hmm. My forwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins. My last two. Golden State gets three. I, I, I couldn't pick anybody else. And then my last two, Luka Doncic and Devin Booker. I couldn't pick anybody. I couldn't pick anybody in the West to fill that last forward spot. Hmm. There's nobody on the Grizz. I mean, there's nobody in the Grizzlies as a forward that's going to put there. Nobody on the Jazz. Nobody on the Mavericks. Nobody on the Nuggets. Nobody on the Lakers. Obviously, that could have been Paul George, but Paul George just he hasn't played enough games and he probably won't play the game. You there's Luka nobody in the t- correct. I got Luca in there already. Anthony Edwards is listed as a guard instead of a forward. There's nobody on the Trailblazers. Nobody on the Kings. Nobody on the Spurs. Pelicans. Thunder. Rockets. Little did at the end of it, there's no way I could avoid it. Golden State has three. All-Stars. Mm. And Phoenix got two. Utah's got two. Memphis got one. Mavericks get one. Nuggets get one. Lakers get one. That, that That's it. I, I agree. I agree. Um, that makes sense. So the so Clippers having guys out, that, that hurts them. Um, hurts PG. Hurts, uh, obviously, Kawhi. They've been out all, all season. But, yeah, that changes a lot of things. Um, I do like book there, CP. Uh, you have CP starting. Is that what you? I mean? have CP starting because he hasn't missed a game, and he's one of the best clutch scorers in the league this season. Obviously, he's not putting up twenty and twenties and all that type of stuff that you would typically see from an all star. But we all know the deal. Chris Paul is an all star. Okay. Vibing right. with it? Yeah, I'm vibing with it. That, that's a very good assessment, my friend. I not many times we agree on things, but yes. <laughs> There we go. That's a pretty good list. Thank you, sir. I put my heart and soul into it. All right. Before we get out of here, uh, as we talked about the Frank Vogel news and and the reported uh, impending firing that could happen, depending on how he performs as a head coach and how the team performs uh, on the court, brings me to one of the best coaches of all time, one Greg Popovich. When you play them on Sunday, you'll get to see him. You get to say your highs. uh, You'll get to think about the good old times. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes me wonder, is there a story that sticks out to you from your Greg Popovich experience? I'm sure you have many of them, but one that comes to mind. The, the reason why this one came to mind, I mentioned to you guys earlier, uh, big shout out to Charlie Brown, is because Pop was always giving guys like that an opportunity and seeing what they can do. He'll throw guys in the fire with the quickness. Uh, Charlie Brown's been playing great for us, great defense. Um, given the situation scenario with a lot of guys being out, um, you know, guys on 10 days are getting opportunities, guys in, from the G League getting opportunities. Um, but Pop, even without COVID before injuries, if he called somebody up or if he brought you on the team, whether you're there for a 10 day or not or signed for a season, you better believe that he was throwing them in the fire within the first two or three games that they were there. He did that to me. Luckily, that's how I got my opportunity. But I do recall this one time when we were playing Houston, James Harden was there. I think some guys might have been out or hurt or he was experimenting, maybe experimenting. It might have been preseason. Uh, but we have my guy there, Spoon, uh, Wesley with the Spoon, uh, played at Memphis. Um, he's with us for a short stay. And, um, you know, he hadn't announced the starting lineup yet at this point. Um, right before we got to bring it in, we watched film. 
Da-da-da. We go, we about to bring it in for a huddle. He goes up, starting lineup. Spoon, you know, what's with Spoon? You're starting and you're guarding James Harden. We bring it in. One, two, three, hard work or defense. So before you go out there, make sure you clean that, that shit up underneath your chair. Basically Im- implying that when he told him he started and he gave a face that he crapped himself and it was underneath his pants, <laughs> underneath his chair. And, uh, you know, he, Pop, even though he's a serious guy, always made jokes like that, which made him hilarious. He was a comedian. It's hard to take serious, except for when on the court when he's cussing you out. But off the court, a great grandpa, really nice. You know, he says, give Blair my love, give her a big hug. Uh, makes his jokes nonstop. And, um, you know, that's just how he was to lighten the mood. And he, he would always, you know, do that with the younger guys. So it was pretty funny, you know, for him to to shock the younger guy, call him out, and then, you know, make a joke of you know, him crapping his pants when he when he yelled his name for the starting lineup because his, his face was, I mean, he was excited, but at the same time, he's like, wait, what? I'm starting and I'm guarding James Harden to start. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty funny at the moment. But you had to be there. It was one of those things you had to be there. I wish I was there. Uh, how many points did James Harden score that night? I do don't me- remember. It was so long ago. But I do remember Spoon playing very well that game. He had a really good game. Um, I think it might have been preseason. I don't know if even James played a lot of minutes. Um, but I'm sure Spoon, if we get him on the show, if we ask him or I talk to him, he can give us – I'm sure he remembers very vividly how it went. But it was funny as hell. So, yeah, before you go out there, make sure you clean that shit up when you can chair. Everybody was like <laughs> – Everybody's looking like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> okay. Pop got jokes. Pop, Pop got, got jokes. jokes. <laughs> Pop got jokes and Pop's got rings. Uh, looking forward to watching you this weekend as you play against them. I probably going to have that game on DVR because it's playoff football time. You know how it goes, Danny. <laughs> Forgive me for not watching your game live. I've watched too much already. So Until good, next time on Inside the Green Room. See you guys next Read, week. rate, subscribe, review. Shit, shit. Sirius XM Podcasts.